sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Monday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday. A ton to recap here in hour number two before we pay it forward to a Monday night. It is game number four in the NBA's Western Conference Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. The Nugs right now hold a 3-0 series lead. Will we see a conference final sweep that advances Denver to an NBA championship series? We'll talk about that later on. We'll go around Major League Baseball here in hour number two as well. But we start in this second hour by looking back on the weekend. Many championships on the line. The second major championship in golf this year. The second leg of the Triple Crown on Saturday as well at the Preakness Stakes. We start at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. The 2023 PGA Championship. And for the fifth time in his career, Brooks Kepka is a major champion once again. Brooks holding off the field yesterday at Oak Hill for his fifth major championship this one though feels even more significant he's won the pga championship three times he won it in back-to-back years in 2018 and 2019 and of course a two-time u.s open champ as well but this was a long road of recovery for brooks Kepka that saw an injury plagued final few years on the pga tour before moving to the live golf series last summer but he reminds us all with a tied second finish at the 2023 Masters at Augusta and here at the 2023 PGA Championship for his fifth career major, becoming one of 20 golfers in the history of the sport to win at least five career major championship victories, that Brooks Kepka is a big game hunter. Here was Brooks with the Wanamaker by his side following yesterday's final round at Oak Hill. Brooks, 16 was obviously a pretty pivotal moment in today's round. What was your perspective on what Victor was going through? And then you hit your shot maybe 10 seconds after he finally hit his. I was kind of wondering what was going through your mind in that moment. Uh, I, I couldn't see, but I, mean, I had a good idea what was going on. Uh, looked like it probably buried under the lip, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, they, were, they took a couple minutes just to just figure out the drop and just kind of figure out what was going on. But, uh, I don't know, I'm a pretty fast player, so. I was, I mean, we I had probably, what, probably took three minutes in total just to kind of, for the moment he, uh, I guess, was preparing for the original shot in the bunker and then the drop in situation. So we already knew the yardage. We knew everything going into it, and the wind kind of pretty much stayed the same. So it was, uh, we talked about it for a good minute. Brooks Kepka carded a final round 67, three under par, par 70 at Oak Hill Country Club this week in Rochester for a nine under par tournament performance in his fifth career major championship. Again, one of 20 golfers now in the long history of this sport with at least five major titles. Brooks was in the final round or in the final grouping, I should say, during the final round of the 2023 
Masters. He lost to John Rom. John Rom, one of the big three who did not have a great week this week at Oak Hill, carting a seven over performance, finishing tied 50th. But Scotty Scheffler near the top of the leaderboard, a tie for second for Scotty, seven under par alongside Victor Hovland, who was in that final grouping with Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, a top 10 finish at two under a welcome to our sports grid radio audience here hour number two of the morning after live on this monday on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well i am ben stevens looking back on the 2023 pga championship the fifth career major title for brooks kepka one of 20 golfers in the history of the sport of golf to win at least five major championships his third pga championship victory his third major championship in the state of new york brooks certainly a winner this week the first live golfer now to win a major championship as well but really the story that many many will remember from rochester is michael block the pga teaching professional not a touring pro but a pga club pro from arroyo trabuco golf club in Mission Viejo, California, who is a PGA professional who played this week. And he aced number 15, the par three yesterday at Oak Hill, playing his final round in a pairing with Rory McIlroy. And then two clutch par saves in the final two holes, 17 and 18, to finish in a tie for 15th, which automatically gives him a berth in next year's 2024 PGA Championship. After that par save on 18, his 72nd hole, he walked off the green to the crowd chanting his name. One of the coolest moments I have ever seen in the world of golf. Up next, it is the 2023 U.S. Open. Brooks Kepka not the favorite. The fourth shortest price at 12 to 1. As you look at these odds, currently Scotty Scheffler is the favorite, or is right behind, I should say, John Rom. Rom plus 850 to win the U.S. Open. And at the 2023 Preakness Stakes, the 148th running of the Preakness, only seven horses in the field, the shortest since 1986. National Treasure takes home the second leg of the Triple Crown. The Kentucky Derby winner, who was the favorite mage, comes in third. National Treasure closed with the second best price at 5-2. to two. Blazing Sevens finishes second. It was the eighth career Preakness victory for legendary trainer Bob Baffert. We go around Major League Baseball up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Off this Monday with a recap of the action around the weekend on the diamond in Major League Baseball. It is the Daily Bases live right here on this Monday on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Craig Mish is now here as well. The host of Newswire Daily at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Our Major League Baseball insider all across the grid. Craig, hope you had a great weekend. I know sports in South Florida off to a great start here in this postseason. We're glad to have you here on this Monday on TMA. Yeah, exciting time for sure. Miami Heat, Florida Panthers. 
hopefully the Marlins can stick in this thing. But yeah, I mean, Ben, I'm thinking I've I've lived in South Florida since the very early 80s. This may very well be the best uh, run of, of South Florida sports that I've seen ever, I think, happening now. So it's pretty crazy. Two eight seeds in the respective Eastern conferences holding a huge advantage in their conference final round, trying to advance to the championship series. In the NHL, it is to South Florida tonight for game number three between the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Last night, the Heat took a 3-0 series lead over the Celtics in game number three in South Beach. Now to the Diamond. Major League Baseball, a Shohei Sunday yesterday for the Halos and the Twins. Shohei Otani getting the start for the Angels. Six innings of work only allows two hits, just one earned. Nine strikeouts does not get the result yesterday, but the Angels get a victory at 4 to two over Minnesota. Craig, what was your main takeaway from yesterday's game in Anaheim? Yeah, Angels are sort of hanging in there, Ben, and, and maybe a little bit better than some people thought. So, you know, no doubt that's a really good sign for them at the start of the season. I also thought on the other side, Papo Lopez pitched very well for Minnesota. Key player missing in this one. Maybe he was the difference versus Byron Buxton. And, you know, obviously for a lot of people this week, especially the fantasy players this week, going to hold their breath and see if Buxton goes on the injured list or if he's able to play. Probably going to have to make the decision today, yeah. I know, in a lot of fantasy leagues. And I'm one of those people, so I'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's kind of it. I, I think that the MVP market is is still open, Ben, in both leagues, in the AL and NL. But I guess I'm just having a hard time remembering when the last... And maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment here, Ben. You can tell me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the last time that the... American League and National League, you were just looking at two players like Acuna and Otani that are just so far ahead of the rest that it would take a Herculean effort, I think, from like Pete Alonso or maybe somebody I'm missing in the American League to just like go on this epic run. I, I feel like those two players by far through the first two months of the season have been the best players in baseball. Yeah, Craig would have to agree. Shohei Otani right now an odds-on favorite for the first time this year. A minus next to his price to win the American League MVP, minus 125. The second best number, Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees at 8-1. to one. Ronald Acuna is not an odds-on favorite in the National League, but he's a short favorite at plus 140. Pete Alonso, who is doing Herculean things and leading the Mets to numerous comebacks, has the second best price, Craig, at 13-1. to one. But that's a huge gap right now in both of the MVP races in Major League Baseball. Craig, the Twins did lose yesterday in Anaheim, but they're still three games above 500. In fact, they're the only team in the American League Central that has a winning record this year. Outside of Minnesota, Craig, who do you think is the most likely team to post a 500 or better record in the AL Central the rest of the way? It, it probably still is Cleveland. I, I think what you're starting to hear, Ben, which is going to make things interesting, I think, for both Minnesota and Cleveland the rest of the way, and we can forget about Kansas City. I think Detroit can hang around a little bit, but the, the talk of the White Sox, Ben, is all about being sellers for them right now. It just does not mm. seem like anyone has this belief that all of a sudden they're going to turn it around and get it going. And remember, there's going to be a number of head-to-head -head games remaining uh, for Minnesota and Chicago, and also for Cleveland and Chicago as well, not to mention those games against Kansas City and maybe even potentially Detroit. So yeah. while I, I think only one team is going to make the postseason from this division, it'll probably be Minnesota or Cleveland, let's not completely rule out the wild card with so, so many head-to-head matchups left for both of these teams. Now, Cleveland in particular, 
I think is the weaker of the two just simply put their offense outside of like Jose Ramirez has been a zero. They signed Josh Bell in the offseason. He really hasn't done all that much. Cleveland's going to have to add something in July or August to keep this going, in my opinion. The Twins right now are the yeah. clear favorite, but again, Buxton is such a big part of what they do, Ben. Uh, we got to just hope that he's okay going into the week. But yeah, that minus 330 price for Minnesota, Craig, it's the best number of any team to win any division in the American League right now. The Tigers have the second best record, four games below 500. The Guardians, six games below 500 at this moment. The Mets have been filled with drama over the last week. Now, technically, five consecutive come-from-behind victories. They were down one nothing early on last night against Cleveland in the second leg of a doubleheader on a Sunday night at City Field. They score two runs in the sixth inning or later for a 2-1 victory. Five consecutive comeback victories, Craig, for the New York Mets. It included your guy, Starling Marte, a two-run bomb in the bottom of the eighth in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday up in Queens. What do you make of this momentum for the Amazons at the moment? Yeah, I, I, look, we've talked about it, Ben, so many times. And, yes, you know, Marte is is my guy, one of my favorite guys. I, I think he is crucial to what the Mets do. I, I don't think the Mets can go far without Marte's contribution just because I think he is one that just seems to stir it up when he gets going with hitting home runs and stealing bases and playing good defense. And, and I really think that just injuries have sort of hampered him this year. The other thing that I would say, Ben, is that maybe Buck Showalter has the secret sauce at this point. And when mm. people start to ask questions like, well, look, by the way, the Mets are in second place here already. I mean, with, with the start that they had, they're still right there when it's all said and done. But I think the question that you have to ask yourself right now is if they're able to get Quintana back. And if Scherzer and Verlander, Ben, if they're only five or six inning pitchers, maybe that's the case. Is there anything stopping from Mets getting three or four arms at the trade deadline to just fortify this bullpen and say, hey, starting pitchers, we know you're old. We know you're making 40 mil. We don't care. We'll just, just get us five innings, six innings. We'll let our offense and bullpen do the rest. That may be what the Mets try and do, I think, the rest of the season. Because if they can get that, and we've seen it at this point with Scherzer, I just don't think he's a nine-inning guy or eight-inning guy anymore. And I don't even know if Verlander is too. So to me, that's the way that the Mets, I think they're going to end up going. And obviously the offense is going to be better than what we've seen through the first two months of the season. Yeah, Verlander great yesterday. Eight innings of work, only allowing three hits and just one earn. He bounced back from his worst performance of his four in a Mets uniform, allowed six earned in his most recent start entering last night. Scherzer on the bump for the first leg of the doubleheader as well. Shutout work for New York. You maybe got a, a small picture of what the expectation and optimism is in Queens the rest of of this summer Shane Bieber not bad on the other side for the Guardians albeit in a losing effort overall for Cleveland against New York elsewhere around Major League Baseball right now Craig the Houston Astros one of if not the hottest team in the sport seven yep. consecutive victories for the Strohs they're on the road in Milwaukee today what does a seven game win streak for a team that was slightly struggling at least based on expectation throughout the first month and a half do for this team entering the end of May yeah, kind of scary. The, the offense just really hasn't gotten going at all. Jeremy Pena really hasn't done much. Alex Bregman, not much. Kyle Tucker, not much. And you know that eventually they're going to get hot and start hitting. So I think Houston just tread water for the first couple of months. They hung in there. Now you see the win streak for Amber Valdez with the shutout yesterday. There's no question the Astros are still 
the team to beat, I think, in the American League. I know no disrespect to the Rays, but getting in a seven-game series, and who knows what Houston will do in a couple of months, I still like them to win the American League once again. So, Craig, let's go to the DFS slate on this Monday. Let's start off the week with some winners, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, well, look, this is going to be a very popular pick tonight. So if you don't want to use my pitcher and pivot somewhere else, I understand it, especially in a tournament. You understand that it's the Oakland A's on the road against Seattle and Luis Castillo. But what am I going to do? Come here on the show and say not to use Castillo against Oakland? So we got to do that tonight. I think that's pretty easy. Rookie pitcher starting tonight for the Dodgers. Ozzy Albies bats from uh, the left side in this matchup here. We do like this and very high total in that game tonight between L.A. and Atlanta. A huge matchup in the National League between the Braves and the Dodgers. More on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We call Tom Vecchio the jack of all trades, and today you are going to see why. That is the case on this Monday on the morning after for the Prop Perspective to start off your new week live right here on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens from FanDuel. Tom Vecchio is here as well. The jack of all trades because during this time of year in the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup postseason, a Major League Baseball daily slate, the home run prop king, and a guy that caps the prop perspective for both the NBA and the NHL as well as anybody I know is here to give you all of those thoughts on a Monday. Vecchio, are you ready to show the people why the jack of all trades is here on a Monday morning? Yeah, thanks for having me. I am certainly ready to go. Very interesting Western Conference Finals game tonight for the NBA. We obviously have plenty of NHL to get to, and of course, a little bit MLB to close things out. So, Vecchio, it's been interesting to follow the odds here in the Conference Finals round of the NBA playoffs because Miami has been an underdog in all three games, and they have won outright in all three. The Nuggets were a five-and-a-half-point dog in game number three in Los Angeles on Saturday. They went out right by 11 points to take a 3-0 series lead in the Western Conference Finals over the Lakers. But tonight for game number four, L.A. at home still booked as a slight favorite. A three-point line in favor of the Lakers. So, Vecchio, how do you evaluate the odds for a must-win game for Los Angeles? Well, right from the jump, the minus 156 money line for the Lakers is way too much, just given the fact of how this series has gone, how Denver is playing. You know, you could have told me this line was at minus 120, and I probably still wouldn't have interest in Denver. has just been absolutely dominant, top to bottom. Uh, start of the game, end of the game, it does not matter. The three points, I think, is okay, a one-possession game. If it closed a little bit lower than that, I'm not going to be surprised, but I have basically no faith in the Lakers at this point to put anything together resembling a full game. Um, you know, maybe they sneak this one out if it gets a little sloppy at the end uh, and Denver closes the series out four to one, but I am not expecting anything strong from the Lakers in this game. And if we even have a fifth game, we know star power has been a theme here. Dynamic duos on both sides. Jamal Murray has scored at least 31 points in all three games for Denver, 37 in consecutive games for the Nuggets. On the other side for Los Angeles, it has to be, we would think here, in a game four, trying to stave off a season coming to a close. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So, Becchio, how do you see their props tonight with the Lakers' backs against the wall? 
you know, if you have interest in going to points props, because like you said, it's it's a must-win game for the Lakers, going to LeBron, going to AD, going to, you know, some type of PRA bet, because it's not like they're going to be pulled early. You know, even if in the fourth quarter, they're going to be out there. I have no in I have no problem with going to those. Personally, I have no interest, just based on the lines being so efficient. At this point in the season, the lines are so fine, and everything is so, so sharp that there's no value left in my mind on a lot of those spots. So you want to go to LeBron, you want to go to AD just because you have some interest in the Lakers extending the series, whatever it might be. You want to see a close game. That's certainly fine, but I think the value is certainly uh, fading at this point. Is there value then, perhaps, Vecchio, for the Western Conference Finals MVP award, named after Magic Johnson, given out to the most outstanding player, of course, in this series? Nikola Jokic does it all. He's won two regular season MVP awards over the past three seasons. He had a triple-double in each of the opening two games. His worst performance technically in game number three on Saturday night. As I mentioned, Jamal Murray has been on an absolute heater. 31 points in all three games at least. 37 in two consecutive. Nikola Jokic now a minus 220 favorite to win this conference finals MVP award. But who would you give the award to Vecchio at this moment? You know, right now, Jokic, I would say, deserves it. But man, Murray, if he drops another 35 points tonight, like it, it's tough not to consider him. And it's ultimately a bit of a coin flip between the two. I think people will lean towards Jokic just because those triple doubles are a little bit more eye popping, especially in these high leverage games. So uh, Jokic definitely deserves it. But man, if Murray goes out and drops 40 points tonight, I'd have a tough time arguing against him getting it. So we'll see how that plays out this evening. But maybe some value on Jamal Murray. If you want to sprinkle instead of looking at his points prop at 26 and a half, a number he has gone over eight of the 14 games in this playoff run for the Denver Nuggets. Role players certainly going to contribute tonight as well, Vecchio, in game number four as L.A. looks to stave off elimination and Denver looks for the sweep to advance to the NBA finals three guys on each side for Denver we look at Michael Porter Jr. Bruce Brown who has been sensational here in this series and Aaron Gordon on the other side for LA Austin Reeves Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell Vecchio any of these role players you expect to contribute in a big way for game four this evening Ultimately, no. I like a few unders when it comes to these role players. And starting off would be D'Angelo Russell under 10.5 points, uh, you know, sitting at minus 102. You know, frankly, with Reeves joining the starting lineup, there's just not enough shots to go around, especially with LeBron and Davis out there. The usage is just so concentrated around essentially those three players now. So Russell just hasn't been consistent. The shot volume is not there for him. I will take under 10.5 points. And then ultimately, I like Michael Porter Jr. under two and a half threes is probably my favorite prop for him. And just right from the jump, Michael Porter Jr. has been great this series and he's been super efficient. And I think that's the main point. I'm not taking anything away from him, but he's shooting nearly 48 percent from downtown. So this is simply a bet based on regression. This is not knocking him in any way. And again, he has been awesome. But 48 percent from downtown in the playoffs is simply not sustainable. So I like under two and a half made threes. That's also sitting at minus 102. Uh, you know, he can get there in points just because he'll get enough shots. He'll be out there for 35 plus minutes. But under threes, I think the efficiency has just been too much at this point. Now from the Western Conference Finals in the Association to the Western Conference Finals on the ice. The Vegas Golden Knights take a 2-0 series lead on home ice against the Dallas Stars yesterday. Vecchio, both games in the Western Conference Finals in the NHL have gone to overtime. All four games, and you include the two games out east between the Panthers and the Hurricanes, have gone to overtime here in the Conference Final 
round as we focus on the Western Conference between Vegas and Dallas what has been your biggest takeaway through two games uh, if you love unders, I think this is the spot to start just hammering them going forward. We're not going to see a whole lot of scoring. Um, you know, Jake Ottinger in net for the Stars has been okay. I'm expecting him to bounce back. You know, he has been very strong coming off of losses throughout this postseason, throughout the regular season, throughout last postseason. Uh, frankly, he's underperforming when it comes to goals save above expected. The Vegas Golden Knights are also scoring at, I would also say, an unsustainable rate. They are not going to be overproducing their expected goals. So some negative regression for Vegas inbound, some positive regression, hopefully, for Jake Ottinger. And I think they should have a chance to tie the series up. Ultimately, I do not expect it to go less than six games. So we've seen both games in the Eastern Conference Finals stay under the pregame number at five and a half. Tonight, it's game number three for the first time in the state of Florida between the Panthers and the Hurricanes. And maybe, Becchio, that's not the biggest benefit for Florida, who has won eight consecutive games on the road, including the first two of this Eastern Conference Finals set against the Carolina Hurricanes. What is your breakdown for game number three tonight, where Florida is a slight home ice favorite? Ultimately, I expect the under to hit yet yet again, but man, Carolina has been underproducing massively when it comes to their expected goals. They are just not finishing around the net. They're getting good chances. Looking back over the first two games, they are outproducing Florida when it comes to expected goals. They're just not getting them to go through Bobrovsky. Full credit to him has been awesome in net for Florida. When it comes to this game, we need to see the Canes turn up pressure if you're a fan of the Canes, if you have a bet on them. And that leads me to Jordan Martinhook over two and a half shots at sitting at plus 128. He has the second most shots on the team throughout the postseason behind Brent Burns. Uh, he's 39 shots through 13 games, and it's at two and a half with plus 128. We put in this urgency factor for the Canes, and I think they should be trying to turn up the offense tonight. Carolina trying to win a game on the road. It has not been their strong suit in the past couple of postseasons. Again, the Panthers, a 2-0 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Continuing that trend of South Florida teams pulling upset after upset and pulling off the improbable throughout this postseason. Vecchio, you are the jack of all trades. You are also the home run prop King. We're not asking for a pick for the daily slate in Major League Baseball, but the overall year in terms of the home run leader in Major League Baseball. Currently, that's Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets. He has 17 long balls, an absolute tear over the weekend to guide New York to these five consecutive comeback victories. So for the home run prop King Vecchio, who do you see being the home run king this year in Major League Baseball? Well, my preseason pick, which I did on a, a couple shows, was Matt Olson. At I got him at 28 to one before the season started, and he's at 14 to one right now. I got to stick with that, and he has phenomenal underlying metrics when it comes to his slugging, his expected slugging, his xWOBA, all these certain you know factors, uh, high exit velocity, high average exit velocity. Phenomenal park fact for him being in Atlanta. He also hits in a great lineup with Acuna and Riley and Albies all surrounding him. Pitchers are not going to be able to pitch around Matt Olson and then bring up Riley with players already on base. That is my take. Yeah. From the beginning portion of the season, I'm going to be sticking with Matt Olson. Uh, the lefty-righty power that he has is phenomenal. 28-1 to for Matt Olson. He's 14-1 right now, but I love him at 28-1 to where I have him. Tied for the third best odds right now behind Alonzo and Aaron Judge alongside Mike Trout. A huge matchup in Atlanta in a huge weekday series starting on this Monday between the Braves and the Dodgers. Atlanta, a home favorite today, minus 152. Of course, those two teams, the favorites to win the National League, the two best records at the moment in the NBA. 
L. Vecchio, as always, we appreciate your time here on this Monday on the morning after. A man that is known as the home run prop king, the jack of all trades, putting that on full display on this Monday. Vecchio, as always, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We appreciate your time. He, Tom Vecchio, might also be on Stanley Cup Central tonight with our good friends Anna Dua and Johnny Lazarus. Johnny Hockey is what we call him. Back to the association. We get you set for game number four in Los Angeles where they look back on game three in South Beach. Brian Fonseca joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on this Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. We set the stage for game number four in Los Angeles tonight with the Nuggets having an opportunity to close out a series sweep over L.A. in advance to the NBA Finals. They have a 3-0 series advantage, as do the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. A 3-0 series lead over the Boston Celtics. To look at all of that, it's Brian Fonseca's NBA playoff focus live on this Monday. Fonseca, I have a feeling you are quite happy about what occurred last night in South Beach between the Heat and the Seas. We'll break it down here before we look at game four between the Nuggets and the Lakers. Thank you for joining us. My, my Action Network best bet was a Heat money line for this game and for game one. And the mm. books keep disrespecting them, but, you know, it's been a very yeah. profitable uh, playoff run betting on the Heat. The Miami Heat booked as an underdog in 11 of their 14 playoff games now. They have covered in nine of them. They have won outright in eight of those 11, including all three in the Eastern Conference Finals, including last night for the first time in South Beach at home as a four-and-a-half-point underdog. The Heat becoming the first eight seed in the history of the NBA playoffs to win a playoff game by 25 or more points. So, Fonseca, how did this happen Yet again, what did you see in game three last night between the Heat and the Celtics? <laughs> the Celtics got punched in the mouth. It's like it's like if we were talking about boxing off air because Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko fight this past weekend. It's like when you're watching a boxing match and you can tell when somebody's ready to go. You can tell when it's like, all right, this person's going to quit at any moment. You land the right uppercut, you hit him in the right spot. It could be a left hook to the body, a lead right uppercut, whatever the case may be. And the Celtics were just sort of teetering on that all night long, and the Heat just had to put them out of their misery at some point. Yep. And I think what we need to really realize is, like, this isn't just a group of undrafted guys or whatever. Like, they, these are legitimate role players. And the reason why the Heat are where they, where they are is because it's like Udonis Haslam told Dan Levitard. He's like, when we have problems, he, I'm paraphrasing here, when we have problems, we don't run from them. We actually confront them head on and try to solve them and stick together. It took a long, long time for them to figure out what the issues were because all season long, it seemed like there was some sort of like disconnect within, within, within the team. And then you saw it manifest during the play-in and now they've had this turnaround and you have to talk about this team differently now because this is best team in the eastern conference they just have a belief and ben you could do some powerful things when you just believe in yourself like legitimately believe in yourself not like instagram caption believe in yourself right like actually believe in yourself and actually believe 
that you have the capability of shocking the world yeah. and doing things and being a united front and not caring about what anybody else thinks from the outside. You can do some scary things when you don't care what anybody else thinks and you have that inherent belief and the Heat just have that and it's channeling in everything they're doing because it's not just Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Last night, those yeah. two combined for 29 points. The rest of the team had about 100 points. And Jimmy had about two points during most of that run when they were stomping on the Celtics during the second quarter. So it's really, it's like they're outplaying them. We look at the teams and we say, just like in the Knicks series, just like in the Bucks series, the other teams have better depth, doesn't matter because Gabe Vincent is playing out of his mind. Max Struess is about yeah. to get a, hel a healthy contract extension, Gabe Vincent as well. Duncan Robinson is finally actually like back to being Duncan Robinson of old. And then you have guys like Caleb Martin who looks like man. He could actually like become a real like a real starter starting caliber player in the nba if he were to get a starting spot like he looks legit not just a guy that they found that the charlotte hornets didn't want anymore this is spiritually in my opinion this era's detroit pistons of the 2000s and i think that people are going to continue to bet against them and i think they're going to continue to surprise people and i would not rule them out in the nba finals assuming that they get there inspiration from the Miami Heat the idea of heat culture but belief in what you do Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo combined for 29 points game Vincent led all scores last night with 29 points himself and yes Fonseca there is that idea that these are undrafted guys that nobody believed in Eric Spolstra says that narrative is kind of crap and it is the Miami Heat have reached the conference finals in the east three of the past four years they're about to make it to the NBA finals for the second time in that four-year span where these role players have all been contributing for the most part in this stretch Max Struess Duncan Robinson Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin Kyle Lowry now off the bench for Miami as well this is a heat team that believes in themselves and Jimmy Butler only scoring 16 points not a detriment to Miami last night Fonseca on the other side for Boston Jason Tatum 14 points Jalen Brown 12 points and the worst plus minus for the Celtics yesterday Jalen Brown is averaging less than 17 points per game in these three games so far in the Eastern Conference Finals but as you look up and down the roster for Boston and that includes their head coach in Joe Missoula what is the biggest issue the Celtics have faced here in this Eastern Conference Finals you know, this series exploited a couple of different things for me. One, the coaching advantage, right? Because what makes Eric Spolster so good is that he can see some of these guys that other teams wouldn't take a chance on, and he'll accentuate the positives and hide the negatives in the best way possible to get the most out of these guys, right? And I don't see that going on in a lot of other organizations. I definitely don't see that going on with Boston right now. Um, the Joe Missoula hiring is going to come into question i was listening to bill simmons and ryan Rossillo a little while ago and they were basically and bill simmons was saying like he doesn't think that joe missoula is going to be back uh next season and look i think call me old school i think it's a mistake to put a 34 year old head coach in this spot um when you're the favorites to come out of the east again after you were the defending eastern conference champions after you're supposed to get to the nba finals again this year and he's younger than al horford that just doesn't make fundamental sense to me right and then on top of that this exposed a lack of toughness on the Boston Celtics team that you need this time of year. And then it made me think about the Heat Celtics series last year. And I, it was just very simple to me. If Jimmy Butler doesn't get hurt, the Miami Heat win that series. If Jimmy Butler doesn't play 
games three through five injured because he got hurt during game three didn't even play in the second half four and five he looked cooked and then six he, he just exploded for 47 points off of sheer will and just great shot making and was also good defensively but those three games he plays injured they won game three lost four and five they would have won either four or five and i think they would have won that series and also kyle lowry was injured max Struess shot like 29 percent for the series like if if a couple other guys just hit three pointers because they were 30 percent from three that year and the celtics were 35 uh during the series rather if they shot like 32 percent from three they win that series and i think the celtics they got off easy last year looking at what's happening now which is basically you know mostly the same two teams in fact celtics got a little better didn't they because they added malcolm brogdon and there's another year of tatum's experience another year of jalen brown's experience but then bam out who people were writing off as a playoff failure or whatever the case may be the last couple of years all of a sudden is having another great playoff series he's had back-to-back now he had moments in the buck series particularly down the stretch and the celtics just don't have a lot of answers and you look at their roster just their roster you look at who's on their roster they should have answers on their roster but the reason why the heat are beating them is because they're executing all the time over and over again it's the classic uh hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard right it's just cliche after cliche but they're doing it this is a coach's wet dream it is what it is and right now uh eric spolstra has put joe Mazzula in a body bag and the Celtics are going to have some serious off-season questions, uh, as are the Milwaukee Bucks and the New York Knicks, who the Heat also ran through during the postseason. The Miami Heat were booked as a huge underdog in the opening round series against the Bucks. It was a minus 1,200 price for Milwaukee. It was minus 550 here for the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. As you saw, the Heat, a minus 1,300 favorite to advance to the NBA Championship Series. They're a slight favorite, finally booked as a favorite at home tomorrow night for game number four. The difference in the two series, Fonseca, Denver holds that 3-0 series advantage, yet they're on the road for game four and now booked as an underdog. The Lakers, a three-point favorite tonight in Los Angeles inside Crypto.com Arena. So, Fonseca, what is the top priority for Los Angeles tonight if the Lakers want to keep their season alive? Oh, man, uh, get some stops. Uh, make sure Anthony Davis actually has a, another good game because he had a great game last time out. And, you know, he's been every other day uh, during the postseason. And it's like, is that going to work out? I think Rui Hachimura is somebody you're going to look for to have a big game. He started off the playoffs hot, went cold a little bit. And now he's back. He's producing at a high rate. He's somebody that they're going to have to get involved early. D'Angelo Russell has to hit some shots. He's been very, he's been off during this uh postseason not postseason run but really this series and lebron james i mean i don't know if it's the ankle but you could just tell he doesn't look like his full self maybe it is the ankle maybe it's some sort of injury maybe it's just age he's 38 years old after all and in year 20 right and i i still all that said the lakers have shown some fight the nuggets are just that good and i thought that the lakers would be able to get stops on occasion but jamal murray probably after Jimmy Butler, second best playoff riser in the NBA right now in terms of a guy who produces a certain amount during the regular season, but then what they elevate to in the playoffs, it being different. Jamal Murray has made a huge jump again, and he's done it basically every postseason that he's played. So I think with the Lakers, you have to figure out a way to get stops, really neutralize Jamal Murray, who has back-to-back 37-point games. And I do have more confidence that the Lakers will get one than the Celtics do at this point. And part of that is because, yeah, the Lakers are at home and the Celtics are not, right? But 
ultimately figure out a way to neutralize Jamal Murray. And, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic is going to do the Nikola Jokic things. But at the same time, I, I do think the Lakers have enough to at least get one so long as Anthony Davis could sort of lead the charge there. And then Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell could sort of pick up their slack and LeBron could be, you know, at least 80% of LeBron James. That's a lot to ask for. But so he, I mean, it is a lot to ask for, but I do understand the point. As we look at the duos in this series, the points props tonight for Jokic and Murray, 27 and a half for the Joker, 26 and a half for Jamal Murray, a number he has gone over in all three games here in the Western Conference Finals, eight of 14 playoff games for Denver so far. But on the other side, Fonseca, 26 and a half for AD, that's his points prop, 25 and a half for LeBron James. If you add those two together, it's a combination of 52 points scored. Do both of those players need to combine to go over that total combined prop for the Lakers to win their first game in the Western Conference Finals? Probably, because how else are you going to keep up with Denver's high-powered offense at the end of the day, right? Now, if Austin Reeves and Rui Hashimura or maybe a D'Angelo Russell, like if, if those three in particular, because these are the guys that have the highest usage rates on the Lakers, if those three guys in particular can you know get that production for you then maybe you don't need lebron or anthony davis to go crazy but i think i think you need from those five guys you probably need 100 plus points and you can sort of you know get together another 15 20 and maybe that's enough maybe but it's the denver nuggets after all and the reason why they're so good is their offense among other things right and they're able to get enough stops defensively and bruce brown has been a great playoff performer and Kentavious Caldwell Pope can kill you from three and also hold up defensively and we know Aaron Gordon um though he wasn't great last game Aaron Gordon has been somebody who's been really impactful on this team so yeah I think the Lakers I, I will pick them to win game four but I'm not super confident in it I'm just sort of being like look LeBron's not going to get swept right so let's let's actually see if they get one and the Nuggets did give one to the Timberwolves so why not the Lakers right a gentleman's sweep for the Lakers in the bubble over Denver. Might the Nuggets return the favor or just an outright sweep tonight? Fonseca, thank you. We round out the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. two hours together here to start off a new week live on a Monday morning on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid network, that's the Spiz Grizz. And this is the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple App Store. Scan your QR code on the screen right now. Get the Sports Grid app at the touch of your fingertips all of our information our data the best bets that you need in your favorite sport your favorite league your favorite team your favorite player right there in the new sports grid app maybe it will offer up a best bet for game number four of the western conference finals tonight in fact i know it will offer up a best bet for it i will try to do the same the lakers their season on the brink of elimination trying to keep it afloat for at least one more game. Denver looking to pull off the sweep in Los Angeles tonight to send the Nuggets to the NBA Finals. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for an NBA playoff best bet. It is time for bye-bye-bye. 
simply put, I have no idea who is going to win game number four tonight. The odds have been rather tough to follow here in the conference final round. I'm not blaming the odds makers. It's just teams performing differently from what the expectation is. And everybody could sit here and say the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis at home as only a three-point favorite for game number four. It's a game they have to win. They can't lose it or their season comes to a close. They should win outright or at least cover a short three-point spread. I'm not so sure. But what I do believe in is LeBron James. And where LeBron has shined throughout this postseason here in the Western Conference Finals is doing everything. And that includes distribu uh, distributing the ball. I can say that word. Eight and a half is his assist prop for tonight. A number he has gone over in all three games in the Western Conference Finals. Four straight dating back to the series against the Golden State Warriors. That does it for this Monday. Live right here on the morning after on Sports. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern.